here. This is Kate McClanahan, and this is the Sound Advice Podcast. VoiceOver. The basics defined. Ambition is the first step to success. The second is action. I have no idea where I got that quote, but I think it's a good one and it applies here. There are a few key basics voice talent should know about this industry from the onset that's either required of you or you can expect as industry standards. Hopefully, understanding them from the start will improve your ability to create, secure work, and navigate your voiceover career. So, here's a brief but important list. Number one, you can't establish or further your voiceover career or expect to work in this field without professionally produced demos. Demos define your professional aesthetic and are created to service casting and producers first and foremost. If your demos meet professional standards, they will ultimately service your career. Number two, all auditions are expected to be delivered in MP3 format, not WAV files. Key thing, all of them, all auditions. Sessions are on a case-by-case basis. Number three, pretty much all auditions are recorded from home today. So establishing a quiet, reliable space to record and the ability to handle a few basic edits is a necessity. Number four, you build your reputation as a professional with each and every audition you deliver, regardless of whether you're hired or not. And it generally takes 200 auditions to book a job. Yes, there I've said it. So even though you think, oh, I've done so many, I should be booking by now, count them up. You probably did 10. (laughs) I hate to say it's probably true, though. So persistence and tenacity are imperative if you hope to go the distance. Number five, if you're auditioning with a script that's brief, say 10 to 20 seconds or less in length, for instance, be sure to offer a three in a row, also known as a three wild or an ABC. They all mean the same thing. And you're going to have that three in a row all on the same MP3. I know that sounds like a no-brainer for people who've been doing this a while, but when you're just getting started, you don't know. So all three on the same MP3. Now, if you're only happy with two of them, submit two as long as they are decidedly different. Not here's good and here's good exactly the same thing again. No, they're slightly different. Why submit more than one if they're all going to sound like cookie cutter, same old crap? No, we want to hear a slightly different expression. Your pitch, your volume, and your speed are fairly consistent, but what's changing is your expression. So, once more, be sure to offer a three in a row on the same MP3 unless otherwise instructed. Sometimes an audition will say in the specs, one take only, you know. But if it's 10 or 20 seconds, that would be weird. Um, That's not common. Just saying. Again, make sure each read among the takes has its own unique expression rather than offering a broken record delivery that sounds robotic and repetitive. As in all recorded media, that's film, TV, and voiceover, you're continually expected to create with each and every take. Okay? Number six, never audition, quote-unquote, for practice. Please don't. There's a real client on the other side of that audition whose job is on the line if you don't deliver what your submitted audition promises. It's assumed if you audition, you'll accept the job if hired. Never audition for anything unless you intend to accept the job and deliver like a professional, regardless of your experience level. Understood? Because that's what we're expecting of you. 
Again, I don't care if this is your first audition. It may just be your last, okay? Let's not make it that, okay? Let's avoid that. Number seven, don't expect to hear anything back after you've auditioned unless you book the job. No one will contact you to tell you, sorry, you didn't get the gig. Okay, thanks, bye. Sorry, you didn't get the gig. Okay, thanks, bye. Sorry, what do you think? Somebody's doing that all day? No. (laughs) And no one will offer you feedback or tell you if you almost got it. That's not their job. Agents, casting, and producers, if they've seen you around for a while, you know, well, they might, you know, but I'll tell you something. They're focused on casting and completing the production to the best of their abilities, typically within a very tight time frame. So feedback is a feature reserved for training. Asking for it generally undermines their future confidence in you. It's just an occupational hazard, okay? So get past that. Don't ask for it. Don't expect it. So that said, from time to time, like I said, agents will receive feedback about your performance if you've done something extraordinary. And they'll pass that on to you, you know, if the producer or casting were impressed and they appreciated your efforts. However, the reverse is also true, so careful what you wish for. If you get feedback, you might not get the feedback you intended. And, you know, all this too just tenderizes us and seasons us as professionals, I guess. You know, we got to take some things we don't necessarily agree with sometimes too, you know. Number eight, no legitimate audition will ever expect or require you to deliver your voiceover audition fully produced with music, sound effects, or what have you. It's an audition, not a paid job yet. And even if you do land the job, no one should expect you as the voice talent to produce it as well especially without paying you additional fees for your time, skill, abilities, and efforts. And no, don't assume because you delivered it as such and you thought it was great, they're going to do that. They're not going to do that. You're only getting paid to voice the project. Don't fool yourself into thinking the client will appreciate you more if you submit an audition that's, you know, fully produced, yeah, as a bonus, you know, that, that way you can stand out, you know, so you can book the job. Instead, doing so only defines you as an amateur. Stay in your lane. You're auditioning because they're in need of a voiceover, not a producer. Be the best voice actor you can be, rather than the jack-of-all-trades master of none. Besides, you're upstaging the producer who's trying to hire you. And so you're going, look, I can do this better than the person who's supposed to hire me to voice the job. No. Number nine, regardless of how you might see yourself, Anyone and everyone looking to hire you as a voiceover assumes you're an actor, even if you don't. You're capable of offering creative options with each and every take. It's assumed you're trained and you know your job. Therefore, regardless of your experience level, you need to be trained. And I don't care if you're the Queen of Sheba. Get ye some training. Get a coach. Get coached regularly. Be in a group thing, that's fine, as long as that's not all you're doing. If that's all you're doing, oh, well, it's expensive to coach. Yes, every, every specialty job. If you were an electrician, you wouldn't go, oh, but I can't afford my tools. <laughs> you know what? You're not going to get hired as an electrician, okay? And same goes in this profession, okay? I'm just saying. Number 10. While it's assumed you're a voice actor, when producers are searching online for voice talent, the most common abbreviation used in the States 
is VO for voiceover rather than VA. Now, granted, there's a small faction of anime cosplay voiceovers from the UK and down under who refer to themselves as VAs online. However, producers, talent agents, and casting in America seldom if ever use the term VA when referring to professional voice actors. We assume you're a voice actor. So, I mean, you know. So, VO is the common searchable term. 11. You're not hired to sound like a robot. No one wants you to sound stiff or wooden or void of personality. No one. Quite the opposite. You're paid to have a pulse and to bring humanity to what might otherwise be a somewhat dull, lifeless script. In fact, your humanity is one of the greatest assets as a talent. So, use it. Number 12. Character voices and impersonations are wonderful when expertly done, but are infrequently required in most instances, even when it comes to animation and games. So generally speaking, you're expected to sound like your most natural, honest self rather than a character or, you know, an animated character. This is what conversational means, this natural, genuine, off-the-cuff, you know, speech quality. As if every word on the script is what you honestly think and you're genuinely interested in what you're talking about. You being you is far more bankable and bookable. And for most of us, most of us humans, that takes practice to develop as an actor. I mean, it just does. So we're used to actually, you know, it's assumed, oh, you're an actor. Aren't you going to play a role? Yes. This is not who I am. This is not necessarily what I think, but I can imagine and I can empathize, you know, and this kind of thing. So lean into that empathy, you know, and that's, that's really at the heart of it, I think, in terms of acting. If you believe in it, you know, it'll, it'll go a lot further. Number 13, you're never selling anything as a voiceover when auditioning or voicing commercial work. No one, and I mean no one, likes to be sold to. It's obvious. Like all your performances as an actor, you're imparting a concept within a specific context. And you're typically expected to sound like you're interested in the subject. I know that sounds incredibly basic, but my God, this is why we audition. And we'll go through 900 people and the 901 person, that's the one guy or gal or whoever who goes, boom, yeah, I get this. This is, this is mine. And it's, there's, a, there's just a believability, a, a plausibility, you know? But you're never selling or shilling anything. The minute you do that, you're found out, and it's really off-putting, you know? Number 14. You're not likely to receive much direction, whether you're auditioning or booked on the project, for that matter. You're required to initially self-direct your auditions, especially considering nearly all your auditions are recorded from home and on your own today. The same applies to various non-union projects you may be hired to voice. In fact, most of the jobs you book on your own will have you record, edit, and ultimately produce audio productions with one or two tweaks or changes included. In fact, you should expect this from a lot of these, from Fiverr or Upwork or P2P sites. Expect a fair amount of back and forth once you deliver the project, but be sure to charge accordingly. Number 15, that said, the knife cuts both ways. If and when you're offered direction, you're expected to make 
a significant, noticeable modification to your performance in the following take. Now that sounds simple enough until you're the one in the hot seat. It takes conditioning. If you're not used to receiving and applying direction, it can be confusing and intensely frustrating if you're that far out of your element, you know, and you just go by rote or you're not used to taking direction or getting direction from anyone. It can really screw you up because it's not in your conditioning. It's not in your norm. So your value and credibility increases exponentially by seamlessly delivering the direction offered as easily as you are able to self-direct. Now that's, having the knife cut both ways is tough. That's it right there. Ultimately, the best voiceover is a team sport. It's getting direction in, in, you know, in the moment of it. It's great when that happens. As actors, we eat that up. It really, it's way more fun. It's way more challenging. It's way more interesting because we don't know what we're going to play either, you know. Number 16, coaching, like all training, develops your skills through conditioning, through practice. Now, if the only time you're working your skills and challenging your comfort zone is while you're coaching, your career will begin and end at your coach's front door. Every skill level of talent requires coaching a couple of times a year to improve their chances of booking work. Nothing remains the same in this world. Nothing. You're either improving or declining. And frankly, the latter is not an option. Number 17. Once you book the job, keep in mind you're only getting paid to voice the project, not produce it. The producer is the person who hired you. Granted, most non-union projects offered online typically require production services to be included in the voiceover rate and demand professional editing skills. Not basic editing skills, professional editing skills. However, those added services incur additional charges above and beyond strictly voicing the job. Should the project come through proper talent agents, okay? It's on occasion that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen a lot, but it might. And I think that's going to increase over the next few years. You're going to see more of that through agents. You know, agents handle everything. They're used to a variety of uh, situations and figuring out, well, here's what we did with this and here's what I would do with that, you know. Nearly all jobs available on Fiverr, Upwork, and the various P2P pay-to-play platforms require you self-direct during the session without the valuable input of the client because you are hired without the benefit of agents, casting, producers, and directors guiding and helping the client craft the creative narrative and overall aesthetic of the production. So in doing so, novice production clients generally ask for repeated changes, which add time and effort, but don't necessarily improve the final outcome. Should you take on the added professional responsibilities, in addition to being hired to simply voice the project, be sure you're up to the task and able to deliver what's asked of you production-wise. And be sure you're properly compensated for your additional skills and efforts. Unless you're an experienced producer, we strongly suggest you stay in your lane. As a voiceover, please under-promise and over-deliver. Otherwise, you make us all look bad. All of us. Number 18. You don't have to be union to audition for union jobs. Now, it's really up to the individual producer, but not all producers know that. 
And once you're a union member, you agree to no longer accept non-union jobs. That's how that works. Number 19, always assume there's an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, in effect, whether you signed one or not, because you do not have the right to repurpose your audition by posting it on social media or anywhere else for that matter. You don't have the right to it. Just saying. You could get, that's where you get in trouble. Okay, I'm telling you now. Number 20. There are essentially two distinctly different business models voiceovers in the United States follow. Either the DIY, do-it-yourself approach, by securing voiceover chiefly on your own through direct marketing and via pay-to-play or P2P platforms. And the second, the actor's approach, that is dependent on securing professional representation with a handful of talent agents from across the country. Your approach and ultimate success will vary dramatically based on the assorted demands and expectations from one or the other of these two prominent approaches to securing work in voiceover in America today. This could explain some of the many contradictions you may have discovered after so much as a basic search into navigating this vast industry. This is Kate McClanahan, and this has been the Sound Advice Podcast. To find out more about voiceover and our process, check out voiceoverinfo.com.